It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Slightly earlier on the other side of the Tasman where uh, our good friend uh, Vossi joins us, uh, of course, uh, with our update uh, for the week in league. And as he says, uh, even though there's no competition, there's always something going on in the NRL. And he's not wrong. So, uh, Vossi, uh, good morning to you. Uh, looks like it, there's a possibility it could be a, a New Zealand-Australia in the T, uh, final in the T20 World Cup. We're on track. Uh, good morning to the Yeah, more than happy to talk cricket. I, I thought we had a line problem there uh, last week when you were getting around to talking cricket and I had a valuable contribution to make about uh, New Zealand success and anything against Australia. But now, yeah, I think it'd be fantastic. I mean, India's in shock um, and, and Pakistan looking incredibly strong, but uh, Dave Warner making the runs he did the other day. Mitch Marsh has to be in there in the Australian side. Um, the others just have to make contributions. I mean, if Glenn Maxwell goes off, Australia's got to be a chance against Pakistan. I, I don't know, Smithy, you tell me you're the greater cricket mind by far, of course. I'm, I, I, I bow to your greatness and your expertise. But from what you've watched in the T20 World Cup in the semi final, do you want to bat first or do you want to chase? Oh, look, I, I think you want to. I think you want to get them on the board. To be honest, now because uh, this, these pitches are starting to wear and tear a wee bit, uh, and I would have been. I would be thinking that if you can post one sixty one seventy, you've got that scoreboard pressure. Uh, then, then I, I, I would really recommend doing that. Anyone that scores around that is going to go very close uh, to winning this T Twenty World Cup. And I think if you've got the best use of the batting conditions, the first use of them. I would take them at the back end of the tournament. But that, hey mate, that's uh, just my opinion. Sitting here in yeah. little old New Zealand, quite some way away. Um, Bossy, let, let's get on to um, uh, the the NRL and Cameron Munster. We're told to stick with the Storm rather than be the marquee man at the Dolphins. Yeah, look, they've got some pretty good operators down in Melbourne. I'll tell you, like not many of our listeners would probably know of a guy called Matt Tripp. He's now the chairman. Uh, chairman of the Milton Storm previous to him was Bart Campbell. These have been really good leaders at these clubs. I mean, they'd probably be good enough to they could run the commission, these blokes, if they ever, if they ever had that desire. But I think Matt Tripp's got involved and he, he knows the players. He's not just a, a chairman of the board. He, you know, the players respect him. And um, I, I think they're working something out. I, I think... I, look, I don't know what's happened at the rehab that Cameron Munster's done, but from the outside looking in... I'd probably subscribe to the theory it is better Cameron Munster uh, living his life in Melbourne rather than being mm. in the glare of a Sydney or Brisbane, or, you know, where the rugby league is so much stronger, obviously. There's a certain amount of anonymity in Melbourne being a rugby league player. That might be best to bring out the best in Cameron Munster. And while the dollars... Look, he'll be well looked after by Melbourne. There's no question of that. 
But the Dolphins want a marquee player and would, you know, probably offer more. And over the course of a three or four year contract, that might amount to, you know, more than half a million more, somewhere between five hundred thousand to a million. So it's not to be sneezed at. But I think for this player who's got a few a few issues, um, I agree with the theory and I think Melbourne working out and speaking both from a head and heart, that for Cameron Munster to be the best he can possibly be, it would be better if he stays at Melbourne and they will look after him, but maybe not in the, the bottom line dollars that the Dolphins could offer. But then money, you know, what, what's the point of getting paid a whole lot and your life being a mess? And I, I know that's saying extreme, Smithy, but you know what I mean? I, I think that mm. rather have a settled player on really good money rather than an unsettled player on great money. I think that's probably the, the point of the issue here. Yeah, I, I agree, but it, it baffles me a wee bit, uh, just a, a little bit off track here, why why it happens, uh, it seems to happen so often to uh, to NRL league players, etc. Is it is it them or is it the company they keep? And uh, I mean, I don't see it as often around the, the Wallabies, around Super Rugby, etc. Is it is it the outside influences um, as, as much as anything else, Fossey? Well, but, well, it's, well, rugby league players come from all parts, I suppose. Yeah, they've been long held um, the, uh, the the reputation or the stigma attached to the two sports if you put rugby league and rugby union together. Um, different upbringing for a lot of rugby union. It's not, it's not across the board, but it, it has been, you know, the private schools and different schooling and what have you. Cameron Munster's just been said as being a bit old school. Now, by old school, they mean that he's he, from another era that he does like a drink. And quite famously, last year when Melbourne won the competition... And we went straight into State of Origin. When he turned up at camp, he said to Wayne, can I stay on the ring for another couple of days? And that's a very old school way of thinking um, to, to celebrate the win. So provided it's all in moderation, isn't it? And if, and if he's meeting his commitments on the field and off the field, then has anyone got any reason to complain? I mean, I, I, Smithy, I, I declare, I don't care how much players drink, to be honest. I, it's of no interest to me at all. But as long as they just do their job, you know, and they're not breaking any rules. I mean, most clubs these days, if you're injured, um, you can't drink. If you're, like, if you're in injury rehab, you can't drink. So that's a pretty black and white rule. The players have to get that. And if they breach it, they should be punished, you know, within their club. It's not crime of the century stuff. But um, I don't know. Rugby league is made up of all sorts of characters. People say there's a different culture. Uh, it's up to the individual clubs to make a really strong culture, and we've always said Melbourne have the strongest. But even you know, even with that, um, you still have Cameron Munster finding problems. Maybe it's the, the loss of the leaders, Smith, Cronk, Slater, have all gone, and Cameron Munster's now the bloke, you know, one of the stars, and maybe he doesn't handle it. So maybe it takes time to do it. Um, I, I like him, like him as a player, like his company when I interview him. But you know, I hope he gets his issues sorted out. Kevin Walters has signed a new performance-based deal with the Broncos, um, in inverted commas, uh, performance-based deal, which is interesting in itself because most of those uh, coaching managerial type jobs are just that anyway. So what's different about this one? Well, well the way it reads to me is basically they'd have to give him three months' notice. Now, in football terms, okay, let, let, okay let, let's give a hypothetical scenario. Let's say Brisbane start next season zero and five. You know, don't, don't win a game the first five rounds. Does that mean the club on this employment arrangement would have to give Kevin Walters three months' notice? Three months' notice is effectively 
at least 12 games. So, so you're putting actually a game on it, aren't you? If, you, if you've got to get three months' notice, then you're giving him a dozen matches to prove himself. Well, um, so you're sacking him and he's going after three months, but what if in that 12 weeks they win 10 of 12? <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, how does this work in the, in the real world of coaching where, you know, it's one of the most, one of the jobs that has, has no job security, um, that you can have this termination arrangement um, I, I find it all very curious. Um, Kevy's a Kevy's a friend. I wish him well. I think he's going to go okay next year. Will they play finals football? I think they'll be thereabouts. But is the expectation higher? I'm probably probably thinking because they're a powerhouse club, they want success. But I, I think they're going to be con- a contender for the eight, but not the premiership next year, Brisbane. So I think Kevy will keep his job throughout next year. The Panthers, uh, Penrith, have signed a, a former Warrior and Sean O'Sullivan, apparently. Yeah, he, well, he, he came through the, um, the Panther system, Sean O'Sullivan. I've got to say, I thought he played in some of the games for the Warriors this year. I thought that was the best I'd seen Sean O'Sullivan play in first grade. Um, he, and, and I liked what I saw actually going to the line. So, um, I, yeah, I wish him well. I hope that he... I don't think he's ever going to be a world beater, but I saw signs this year that he's worth investing in. And, and you know, Penrith, uh, make no bones about it, he's going there as backup, isn't he? Um, because they have Nathan Cleary and Jerome Lua. They've got the state of origin six and seven. So he's not going to be a starter. Um, but, you know, the way seasons pan out, and you never know with injuries and origin commitments and all that sort of thing, Penrith would be hoping and obviously have expectations he will play a role um, through the year. How big that role will be determined possibly by some other factors. Okay, so the Warriors now, um, it doesn't look like uh, Joseph Manu is a goer, and it's unlikely for Brandon Smith as well. So who in your mind now that um, people are tending to be up for grabs, should they look at? Oh, gee, dude, that's a... Oh, Smith, you're thrown in a big one. You're thrown in a big mm. one. Look, it's probably the ones who've already signed and, and those that joined them this year that are the ones that really need to step up. What the Warriors get from Sean Johnson, whether Sean likes it or not, focus is big time on him. Can Sean still be um, an, a star player? And I'm sure they're signing him back now. At, at this part of Sean Johnson's career, he has to be a leader as well. He, he won't have the C next to his name as captain, but he has to be a leader with all his experience. He can't just sit back. He really has to lead. So he's already signed up and big expectations. And I, I will try it over. They've decided, look, Matt Lodge was brought across to the club um, and you've got Adam Fanua Blake who's had injury interrupted season, but when he was on, he was looking really good. There is potential for the Warriors to have as good as any front row rotation in the competition if these blokes play up to their potential. And, and, and that's what Nathan Brown, that's his challenge in the off-season to get them absolutely super fit, get their heads right, to get them disciplined, because there are some issues with both those players, but in particular Matt Lodge, I'm throwing the pressure over what they already have, but if they do pay off, there is a really good basis for a side um, you know, going forward. The Warriors would have hopes of, like Brisbane, being a finals contender based on what they already have signed up for next year, provided they get them in the right, you know, in the right frame of mind. Mm. Uh, I would imagine you had a sneaky little look at the Melbourne Cup Carnival, Vossi. Uh, did you follow our, and I em- emphasise this word here, our James McDonald, our Chris Waller, our Very Elegant? Did you follow any of those? 
Uh, well, speaking with uh, your Russell Crowe, um, I think back to when that was, there's, there's plenty, but aren't we, aren't we brothers? Um, James McDonald, incredible. I, I will say this about James, um, 10 winners at the Melbourne Cup Carnival, but he, he would be the best jockey we have in Australia at the moment. He, he is just sensational, James McDonald. And uh, I, I, you know, you have your redemption stories and he, he served his time with that disqualification. And for a jockey, that must be incredibly hard. Like there were fears that he'd, you know, he'd pile on the weight and that could be it. But, you know, he, he's a great lesson. He owned it, he accepted responsibility, and he got on with it. And he's a better person and a better better at what he does. He seems like he's better at everything. So he's a really inspiring mm-hmm. story. Yes, he's New Zealand-born, but, look, if an origin match was on now, I think he'd play for New South Wales, don't you? Oh, no, he'd probably play for Queensland, wouldn't he? Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. To be fair, and um, I, look, I'll tell you who won't be feeling good about the Melbourne Carnival uh, is one Jamie Carr, who, uh, as a, a Victorian jockey, oh. was the hottest property you could think of, and has missed out on some great rides, some great income, and some great occasions. So we talk about lessons to be learned in league. Uh, it, uh, it's around racing as well. Yeah. Oh, look, COVID lockdowns have. Um They've claimed a few victims, haven't they, along the way? Um, you know, and, and I, hopefully we put stories like that behind us that we're not sort of monitoring and seeing and trying to catch players out or athletes out and all that sort of thing. Hopefully we're, it's onwards and upwards. Actually, today, Smithy, um, more freedoms in New South Wales. We're now uh, fully vaccinated. Um, you know, it's always back to night. You can even dance at a nightclub, Smithy. If you want to come across and have a dance, um, you can dance yeah. at a nightclub now. Uh, and greater numbers. So as of today... For the fully vaccinated, and we're up around 90% fully vaccinated in New South Wales, those above um, 16 years of age. Um, so there's more freedoms uh, today that were brought forward. They weren't going to come into effect until the 1st of December. They come into effect today. So I can only tell you from personal experience, I live outside of Greater Sydney, um, regional New South Wales, absolutely pumping over the weekend, and it is so heartening to see. There's a real buzz back, and I, I hope that it's the same right across New Zealand sooner rather than later. Yeah, we need it in, uh, in Auckland, the Waikato in particular, but uh, they're being patient, as you have had to be in Australia for quite some time as well. Enjoy it. Enjoy getting out and about, man. You deserve it. Thank you for your time this morning. Okay, Smithy, come on. Australia v New Zealand T20 World Cup final. We want it. Make it happen, Smithy. Yep. You've got the power. We shall, talk, we shall talk about that relative success of that this time next week, my friend. That's it. Go, Australia. <laughs> now that, this, you see, there's that that reception just disappears at exactly the same time each week. I, I just don't, I don't get it. Very hard to pick up on Vossi there.